1: Getting more ridiculous as the the shows progress.
0: I'm Rachel. (laughs) And I'm David. And this is the 50th episode of All Bad Things.
1: We don't have a. Too bad if we don't have any sound effects. I know we need, like. Yeah, we need the fireworks.
0: (laughs) As our live studio audience. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Our live studio audience that consists of our two cats. Mm hmm. Well, maybe just one where's Demetrius. I
1: think he I think he left. Uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, see, even he doesn't <laughs> want this. He's like it whatever. <laughs> uh yes. We've made it to our fiftieth episode.
1: That's quite a few. I'd never thought we'd get this far. I
0: know, right? <laughs> Almost a year.
1: Almost. Now.
0: Um, by the end of this um little series we'll will be right around our first anniversary, um, Calendar speaking, calendar wise. Yes. Chronologically speaking. Um, this is part one of our four part mega series. Okay. M- mega disaster mega series. It's mega. It's mega. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, like
1: the old Megalodon shark. It's mega.
0: It's mega. It's
1: prehistoric.
0: It's pretty mega. Not to be confused with MAGA. That's something else.
1: Yes. We're not talking about that. That's a different
0: disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, our uh, our oh well, let me go ahead plug what you're drinking.
1: Oh, I think everybody knows.
0: Here, my national local beer. Yes,
1: less filling, tastes great.
0: It tastes great, less filling. Not to me. Okay, I am drinking a new funky Buddha brew. Vibin Groovable Lager. Oh, can I try? Out of Oakland Park, Florida. Yes, near my neck of the woods.
1: Hmm, I like that one. Yeah, not yes. bad. Eh?
0: And it's in my funky budakusy too.
1: Ah, yes, it is.
0: Yeah. yeah, double wrap in there.
1: Very nice. Now, just send us some beer, please.
0: <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> and maybe we could do a live show at their tap room. That would be amazing. that would be awesome. Their
1: tap yes. room is pretty sweet.
0: It's it's it is. <laughs> Jesse, that, Jesse agrees. That was that was not him disagreeing, that was him agreeing. I don't know where that came from, but what? What? Anyway. Okay. So by now, anyone who's listening knows what this is going what this episode's going to be about because it's gonna be on the title. Right? Oh, It'll, well yeah, that's you know, true. The topic. I have no idea. You don't, and you're the only one who doesn't at this point, as people are listening. So you know I'm gonna make you give you hints and make a guess, right?
1: Sure. Okay. And I will not guess it.
0: I think you might. Okay. So it's a topic we've never covered before. Okay. Um, a place we have, um, but I'm going to give you the... I, I came up with cute little terrible names for each of the four parts of our <laughs> okay. episode. Each okay. episode. So part one, today's episode, is going to be called Danger. I know that's very generic, but keep listening. <laughs> part two, meltdown. Part three, oh. fallout.
1: Okay, so this is and obviously... part four, legacy. Um,
0: or aftermath, I haven't decided yet.
1: Uh, are we talking... Well, obviously we're talking about a uh, um, nuclear meltdown. Um, mm-hmm. So it could be... Uh, Chernobyl or Three Mile Island.
0: This is the story, my friends, of Chernobyl. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Now, wow. I,
1: this is a yeah, this I, is a crazy. Oh,
0: yes. Now I planned story. this one for a while, but also I have to give a shout out to our listener Teddy, who was like, "Please, please, please do Chernobyl." So that kind of made me think, okay, let me let me do that one as our four parter.
1: <laughs> well, now I know why list. it's a four parter mm. because. I mean, the yes. just the legacy part of it, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, is still going on.
0: Right, right. So. Exactly. Um, to, so, today's episode will be every, like, we'll be, I'll be giving all of the background, it's going to be kind of a dense episode of a lot of background, um, and, uh, <laughs> stop Demetrius, and... Um, also, the episode wherein Rachel tries to explain nuclear physics. <laughs> so <laughs> she's going to do it. Fun. She's going to
1: do it in Russian too. She's been yes, practicing.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, next episode, which I've, I'm almost done writing. Yeah, I'm still working on the research for this. This is pretty. Yeah, pretty this is show. a pretty
1: big, uh, pretty big event.
0: Um, next week will be the actual disaster. Right. Uh, the the following week will be right after the disaster. And then the week after that, we'll do like the long term legacy of Chernobyl.
1: You would not get hired on uh, national media. Why? You're supposed to tease.
0: Well, but I just gave all the names of everything. <laughs> we know how this goes. <laughs> this is uh, if if. Um, Sarah Sarah
1: Q this. might not. She was only born in 98? what ninety
0: eight. Yeah. Well, this happened
1: in was, 87, 86?
0: You're, you're, yeah, 86.
1: 86, okay. Yep,
0: you nailed it on the second guess. Yes, so, all right, let's get started, because this is going to be a long one. There's four pages just of everything pre
1: <laughs> pre Pre-disaster. Pre-disaster,
0: yes. Pre-meltdown. So, so, yes, this this might be a a mega-series of megasodes, so.
1: And uh, if you're listening at home after you listen to this first episode, go and check out Chernobyl Diaries.
0: All right. Is that a...
1: It's actually, it's a horror
0: movie. Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it was actually pretty good.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. So, on April 25th, 1986, a nuclear meltdown at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant made the entire town of Chernobyl uninhabitable in what is still the world's worst civilian nuclear disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, Now... Notice I there didn't ha- a- There
1: haven't been a whole lot of nuclear disasters to N- go off of.
0: No, but there were two but, really notable yeah, ones yeah. that were not civilian. They yeah. were um, wartime disasters. Yes, they were. Because it was deliberate. Yes. So this was a an accident. It was a... Uh, yeah. Um, and
1: that's a good thing. That let's ha- let's have a limited number of uh, nuclear disasters to talk about.
0: Right, yeah. I'll, I'll go with four. <laughs> let's never have any more. That <laughs> yeah, would be nice. That would be yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the death toll is going to kind of unfold through this series. Sure.
1: So,
0: yeah. All right. So, this is one of the more notorious disasters in modern history. Uh, and it's also our first nuclear disaster. That's why I was saying mm-hmm. it's the first of its type. So, there's going to be a lot of ground to cover. Um, and because this is our 50th episode, and that's going to lead up to our one-year pod Oh.
1: Um,
0: this is going to be a big deep dive like I said big four-parter
1: it's it has to be
0: it kind of yeah exactly however you do it exactly
1: um, because I mean just talking about the tragedy itself is a deep dive-hmm
0: right Just yeah.
1: leaving off the legacy leaving off what led to it just talking about that itself will be right is enough right so
0: yeah um, so we're gonna start where we usually do the setting of this disaster, Chernobyl. So, um, it, it's it, it's a little tough to talk about geographically just because this happened in 1986, which was a little prior to um, the fall of the Soviet Union. So...
1: Yeah, we're talking about the USSR.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, now, presently, Chernobyl is located in the Chernobyl Exclusion Zone <laughs> because it's not...
1: <laughs> the, a place to live. The stay the fuck away from this place on Earth zone.
0: Exactly. In the Ivankiv Raion of Northern Kiev Oblast.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So, um that doesn't mean anything. It just
1: just rolls off the tongue.
0: Right? So, I'm going to I'm going to explain so Ukraine shares a border to the east with Russia and to the north with Belarus. Um, and to the south is the Black Sea, and across the Black Sea is Turkey. So yeah, that's kind of just to right. sort of put it all in, in um, geographical.
1: That's modern day. But yes, it, But exactly. at, this, at this time, these were satellite.
0: Uh, right, right. It was satellite nations, Union, yes. yes. Um, <clears throat> now Chernobyl is in the Kiev Oblast. Oblast is like a province. Okay. Um, which it, it kind of is ringing a bell from literally a year ago at this point read
1: my research I'm just looking (laughs) I I wasn't actually I can't I I can't read upside down anyway you (laughs) can't uh not really unless I try really hard okay
0: um uh so I kind of remember from our dat love pass the word oblast Kind of, does that, is that ringing a bell? It does kind of with we were, me. Anyway. That's
1: another one we recorded so long ago. It was a oh, year yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I,
1: I remember very little about that actual episode. I
0: know, right? So basically, it's located in the central northern part of Ukraine, bordering Belarus. So it's just south of the border with Belarus, um, but east to west, it's pretty central. Um, now, Ivankiv Rayon, Rayon meaning a district, so we have Oblast and Rayon. Oblast is a province, Rayon is the district, is in the far northern part of Kiev, Oblast, and Chernobyl is in the northern part of the Ivankiv Rayon on the Pripyat River. <laughs> right. Yes. So, in summary, uh, the, Chernobyl... In, in other words, <laughs> the,
1: the Romance language of, uh, that is <laughs>
0: Yes, the beautiful yes. language of Russian. It's in north-central u- r- Ukraine, very close to Belarus, on a river. That was all to say that. So, I told you it'd be a deep dive. The word well,
1: it it would be a good place for a nuclear power plant.
0: Yeah, there you go. The word Chernobyl, which is anglicized from Cyrillic, which you know the the letters that look kind of funny. Is that their language? Is that what it's called? No, it's Russian. Is their language? But um, Cyrillic is like. Um, we have Latin roots to our language. There's oh, sort of like, I see what you like, mean. The, the yes. characters it's and like stuff. The, it's
1: like the root words. Yeah, and,
0: and the, the style of language and like the letters that they have that we don't have and stuff like that. And
1: no, we do not have any of their style at Right, all.
0: like the, the B and the... I, the yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff. The thing, there's, there's <laughs>
1: numbers thrown in there that looks like backwards <laughs> numbers, whatever the hell it is.
0: Anyway, the the Russian word for Chernobyl is the, well, Ukrainian rather, not Russian, um, is the Ukrainian name for wormwood, which is a plant also known as mugwort, or its Latin name, Artemisia vulgaris. Now, the word wormwood has a lot of connotations for me from my evangelical upbringing, because um, it is mentioned in the Bible. Um, in the Old Testament, several times, always indicating like bitterness or a curse, and in the New Testament, it's used in the Book of Revelation, which is like the end times book, you know, the apocalypse book, um, uh, to I've be. Heard, I've heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> to be the name of a great star blazing like a torch. So it's generally thought to mean like an asteroid,
1: a, but it's called it's a, Wormwood. It's also a Netflix show that I've been meaning yes. to watch.
0: What is that? What is it about? I,
1: don't know. I think it's about time traveling, but I'm not sure. Okay, well, we'll
0: have to yeah, look at it. Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll
1: have to check it out.
0: We'll check it out, and we'll correct ourselves next week. And uh,
1: <laughs> Netflix, you can sponsor us anytime you want as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. We yes. watch a lot of you. Yes, we do. <laughs> An awful lot of you. <laughs> I know the Kimmy Schmidt um, theme song by Memory, G- and sing R- it every G- single time.
1: Yes, you already did that today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So wormwood, wormwood is also used as the name of a character in C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, which I did read as a kid. Um, it's not like C.S. Oh, Lewis. C.S. The Lewis. Okay, I, I knew
1: that yeah. sounded okay. Um,
0: and it's Matilda's last name in the book Matilda by Roald Dahl, and it's Calvin's cranky old teacher's last name in Calvin and Hobbes.
1: So, oh, okay.
0: So it's a, a name that carries through a lot of different social Things. Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> I did this research a little while ago. Um,
1: oh, this is what I wanted to say.
0: There's also a relatively recent Netflix series that we really need to watch. <laughs> and I forgot I put this in here, called Wormwood, which covers the topic of MK Ultra. The U.S. government's super-secret experimental biological warfare program with LSD and other co-operatives. That's so, what it's about. Okay, um,
1: yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: last podcast on the last well, covered I mean, it and I, mention it frequently. I,
1: I have done LSD, and that is kind of like time travel. <laughs> so. All right, then.
0: I have not. <laughs> Very
1: colorful time travel. All
0: right. <laughs> Um, anyway, yes, listen to the last podcast on the left if you want to get into that stuff, because they bring it up a lot. Anyway. And
1: if you're going to do acid, do it with a bunch of people who are also doing acid. That way you won't freak out.
0: Or don't, because it can cause weird um, neurological effects in some people. It's probably not the, not a great idea. (laughs) I discourage the use, frankly, myself.
1: Well, I don't, well, there is a safe way to do it. Kind of, sort of. If you're going but you uh, are. But uh, there are. I I I must time. say, and I can't remember which Super Bowl it was. I think it was the Seahawks and Patriots. Whatever Katy Perry oh. played played the <laughs> halftime show. I really the like for about incident. three or four seconds was like, am I having an acid <laughs> flashback? Like, what is going on? Like, I I that thought literally and went that through show, my mind.
0: That show looked like it. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. So
1: imagine seeing that on acid. <laughs> oh, please. I do recommend that.
0: No. So despite all of these negative associations, wormwood or mugwort itself, it's just a plate.
1: Hogwarts? What?
0: Mugwort. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it was used to flavor beer before hops were used. Okay. Um, and apparently it tastes kind of bitter, um, but I've never eaten it as far as I know, so. Uh, yeah. And I told you this would be a deep dive, so let's get back to Chernobyl. Let's get back
1: to LSD. I mean Chernobyl.
0: <laughs> Chernobyl was founded way back in 1193 CE as a hunting lodge. Uh, do you know what CE is? It's it's AD, but you know BC and AD. Oh right. But yeah. So the more the more um, correct way to put that is. CE and BCE, Common Era and Before Common oh, Era, okay. because um, for one thing, Jesus wasn't actually born in the year zero, so it's not even correct um, if it's you know before Christ and after Christ kind of idea, and second, because it takes the religious connotation out of it. So oh, anyway, okay. that's that's what CE is. Anyway, as that's
1: strange A 1000 years ago is considered CE.
0: <laughs> well, well because 2000 years ago was the start of the carbon era basically. Yeah, I guess. 2018 years ago, yeah. Anyway, it was founded as a hunting lodge and this poor city man, it has a really long unstable sad history. Um, and we're going to get to the end of it. As, most, <laughs> place, of as
1: most places do in that part of the world.
0: Oh well, yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> In the 1200s, so in the... the pff, I never... Centuries are hard for me. 13th it's century. 13th century. Yeah, yeah. it's always just, one later. one. Yeah, yeah, just add one. <laughs> it was a village of the Grand Duchy of Lithuania. Okay. Um, eventually becoming becoming a fiefdom, or a fiefdom. I never know if it's fief or fief, uh, in 1566.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, then its province was transferred to the Kingdom of Poland in 1569, and then annexed by the Russian dynasty when it was established. Or Sorry, 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 sorry. I skipped a line. Then annexed by the Russian Empire in 1793. So it's gone from, like, just being founded as a hunting lodge, a village of, like, a precursor of Lithuania, then a precursor of Poland, and then Russia in, like, this 500-year span. Um, it's, by, quite, it's quite a run. Yeah. By that point, Chernobyl had become a major center of Hasidic Judaism. Really? Yes, as the Chernobyl Hasidic dynasty was established. I had a hard time figuring out exactly what a, an Hasidic dynasty is, but as far as I can tell, it's basically like a sect or a subdivision, kind of like a church. You know, for those of us who need, like, a Christian um, analog so to like, it. So,
1: like, a, kind of like how Episcopalian is a sect of the Catholic Church, kind of in that sense? In that um, sense, in that vein?
0: Maybe more like an individual church or, oh. like, a parish, okay. kind of, maybe. That's the impression I got. It was actually kind of hard to figure it out. Maybe Sarah Q can help us out with that one.
1: <laughs> yes, If you're listening, Sarah. (laughs) Yes, we know she is. Yes. She just emailed us again recently.
0: You will be better than I at figuring this out and explaining it. So, unfortunately for the Jews living in Chernobyl in the early 20th century, the Black Hundred were popular. Um, The Black Hundred were a quote-unquote... Nationalist movement, Mm. and what does nationalist movement? What does it code for?
1: Uh, Terrorism usually.
0: Terrorism and racist, xenophobic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in, yeah, we have a lot of (laughs) nationalists here in America. As in the
1: modern day United States. Oh, did I say that out loud? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, anyway, they the Black Hundred overzealously supported the Romanovs, and um, oh, okay. I'm gonna give another quick plug to last podcast on the left. They explained the Romanovs um, in the Rasputin series pretty well. I, I
1: never listened to that. Did I do that? I, didn't, oh, I, for, was, well, I don't know why, but for some reason that didn't get my attention, I don't know. But I do know a little bit about this era of,
0: oh, okay, Russian history. a little
1: bit, but not okay. too much.
0: All right. So the Black Hundred, being nationalists, were, of course, anti-Semitic and killed and robbed many Jews, including those in Chernobyl.
1: Yeah, that's never happened before. <laughs> right? And by
0: 1920, the town was no longer an Hasidic Jewish center. So, like, their entire um, legacy that they had built was basically wiped out. Also around this time, the Ukrainians and Bolsheviks mm-hmm. uh, fought over control of Chernobyl. And a lot of places, I imagine. Um, oh yes. Yeah, and it was taken over by the Polish army in the Poli- Polish-Soviet War of 1919 to 1920. But by 1921, it was incorporated into the USSR, into the Soviet Union. The following year.
1: That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: W- so, what are you trying? What are you thinking through?
1: Well, because the uh, unless I have my, I probably have my dates mixed up in my head. Hmm. You said the Polish-Russian Polish War? Polish-Soviet Polish War. Polish-Soviet War. So 1918
0: and 1920.
1: Okay, so that must have just been after the Russian Revolution. Yeah, this been. all
0: came very... This was all happening around the same time.
1: Yeah.
0: It was a little tricky to figure out which came first. I,
1: I it, it, it had to have been the Russian Revolution because that's what caused them to go on to be the Soviet Union.
0: Is that the Bolsheviks and the Ukrainians? Fighting was uh,
1: that's part of the Russian Revolution. There's a lot on that, and I don't I don't want to say anything because I don't remember specifically. Okay. But all these things are going on within years of each other. The first time, very th- very close together. That's
0: what that's the impression I got. The first time I ever heard of Bolsheviks was from the musical Annie, like the film version.
1: Uh, the first time I ever heard of them, was they were a uh, tag team wrestling uh, duo <laughs> in the WWF <laughs> when I was a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> the Bolsheviks.
0: I just remember her I going... Didn't,
1: I didn't realize it was a p- political reference <laughs> when I was 10.
0: <laughs> I just remember her going in, Annie, The Bolsheviks leaping lizards! Because the Bolsheviks were trying to kill Daddy Warbucks.
1: Yeah. I but anyway.
0: Mind. Okay, let's move Something on.
1: Something I have not seen probably since I was five. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I watched it many times as a kid. I know most of the songs. Anyway... Uh, So, in 1922, Stalin came into power in the Soviet Union, and by the late 1920s, he began his collectivization policy. Do you know what that is? Uh,
1: I have an idea, but go ahead and...
0: Okay. Basically, collectivization took, by force, obviously, individual peasant farms and forced consolidation into collective farms. So, the very forced side of... Communism mm-hmm. and basically, what changes socialism into communism is the forced part <laughs> and the dictator part and the. Um, I mean, that's my always been my understanding.
1: It's the uh, authoritarian.
0: Authoritarian. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's uh-huh. it's uh, the authoritarian authoritarianism on the left as what fascism is on the right. Ah. As far as the political spectrum goes.
0: Okay. Very good. Uh, Each side is
1: authoritarian, mm-hmm. just in a different sort of manner.
0: It's the extreme of each side. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Chernobyl was greatly affected by collectivization, and many residents were killed during the campaign. And many residents also died in the resulting famine that this caused, collectivization caused, from 1932 to 1933, which we'll have to cover at some point. During World War II, Chernobyl was occupied by the Germans from Mm -hmm. August 1941 to November uh, 1943. It
1: definitely would have been because they made it because if it was changing hands between Poland before, between Poland and, um,
0: what uh, else was it? The, the uh, but a, but a Polish-Soviet War.
1: Yes, okay, because... Poland
0: and, the, and Russia. Basically.
1: Because at that point, uh, the Germans made it pretty far into the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if and this we're talking is about a,
0: Ukraine, which is the western yes, part of Russia. So, so yeah,
1: they would have taken that over probably pretty early on, okay. I would guess.
0: So, obviously, the Germans occupying Chernobyl was much more bad news for the Jewish population.
1: Oh, I d- okay. I, okay, go ahead. I okay. do know a little, be- a little bit about this.
0: Okay. Yeah. You- um, so, basically, the, the Jewish population, and this used to be a huge Jewish center in Chernobyl, was mostly wiped out mm-hmm. by the Nazis. Yes. So, that's, that's all I have. As far but as that's, that goes,
1: well, they kind of. Um, from a documentary I watched. Chernobyl
0: um, you know specifically, or you? Korean? No,
1: this was about World War II. Oh, okay. Um, when, when the when the Germans took over this area of the Soviet Union, the people were actually thankful for it. Okay. For a very short time, obviously. Yeah, I
0: imagine. Because
1: they were like, because they considered Stalin to be their oppressor, dictator and yeah. oppressor, mm-hmm. and they wanted to fight with the Germans. Uh, the Germans were like, no, we don't like you either, yeah. so we're just going to kill you.
0: Yeah. So, for
1: like a day or two, they, they were, happy, were happy.
0: And then it was just as yeah. bad as everything else. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's. Anyway. So, compared to the rest of its history, Oh, which obviously them so they became part of the USSR or were still a part of the USSR it's just that they were no longer occupied by Germany after the war um but compared to the rest of its history not history not a whole ton notable happened in Chernobyl for a couple of decades that's good it seems like yeah. they've been through they enough
1: already <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> has anybody seen that jewish couple oh, oh i'm sorry
0: <laughs> then in the mid 60s 1960s Chernobyl was given the distinction of being chosen as the site of the first nuclear power plant built on Ukrainian soil. It was the USSR's most advanced nuclear facility with four nuclear reactors. Okay. All right. Now, so that's Chernobyl, the town. Now we're gonna get into nuclear power.
1: <laughs> Sweet. We're gonna get into physics. Yes. All right.
0: So, um, I. I don't understand, well, I mean, I did this <laughs> research, obviously, but if you'd asked me before I did this research to explain how nuclear power works.
1: <laughs> it has something to do with water. I know, I know Very that. Very good. I, <laughs> I didn't I know, know that. that much. Well, I know I that because there's that there's a nuclear plant not too far from where I grew up.
0: There's in, one not far Os- from here.
1: Is there? Where? The
0: Sharon Harris. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. Plant. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, Oswego, New York has a nuclear power okay. plant. And it's right on Lake Ontario. <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna guess for a reason.
0: Oh, because well, um, Sharon Harris, there's a whole the the lake Sharon yeah the Harris Lake it, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if that was there before or not. Yeah, or, or if, they, if it was like some sort of retaining yeah.
0: pond thing. Yeah. Um. So my knowledge of nuclear power prior to this, um, was limited to the fact that I knew that we bopped bopped nuclear drums. <laughs> 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 that makes it sound so cute. It does. We dropped nuclear bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima um, and killed a lot of people in a really awful way. Um, and that we have, you know, the nuclear power plant kind of close to us. And I remember them sending, when I lived in Fuquay, Fuquay-Varina is the name of a town around here. Anyway, a uh, suburb of Raleigh. Uh, when I lived there with my parents, they would send us these little postcards about, like, what to do in case you hear the siren go off get at the power plant. Get the plane. fuck
1: as far away from you <laughs> from no, and as, you can as like soon as you can. No, they talked about, like, giving out iodine
0: pills and shit.
1: Well, yeah, hopefully yeah. they have one of those on board, too, but still, just leave.
0: Which I'm sure we'll get into in one of the... Aftermath and legacy episodes. Whatever. Just
1: leave either for a while or for good.
0: Yeah, or just die. Yeah. Um. So in addition to getting all geographical and all historical, I thought we'd get all sciencey too. Sounds like fun. And delve into the topic of nuclear physics.
1: If you're listening to this driving in the morning on your way to work, this is where you turn it off so you don't fall asleep and <laughs> crash into a guardrail.
0: <laughs> well, here's here here's the thing. I. I, I've mentioned this a couple times. I've, I homeschooled myself through junior high and high school, and one of my topics of interest was not nuclear fission or nuclear physics.
1: It would have been pretty awesome so, if it was, though.
0: It would be concerning <laughs> if it was. Uh, like, if your yeah. 12-year-old was like, Hi, Ma- Mommy, I would like to learn more about n- nuclear fission and uh, nuclear power. I mean... Well, I guess maybe I'd be
1: like we have a pretty freaking smart a kid in our hand. I guess yeah. that's true.
0: Well, I, I would i would tell I NASA. Kid. I would
1: call NASA and be like, "Hey,
0: <laughs> teach my kid about physics." <laughs>
1: yeah, we have a 12-year-old who wants to learn about physics and nuclear power.
0: Anyway, I—I I wasn't that kid, and the farthest, so I didn't really study science in high school at all. No, I, I
1: think I've mentioned um, this before as well. Like. When I grew up in New York State, anyway, you Mm -hmm. were only required to take two years of science in high school, and I took those, and I was like done with that.
0: Yeah, because because
1: I I do love science. I'm fascinated by it. I just I just don't understand it. It's just over my head.
0: I'm kind of with you. And I took college biology and bio lab, and I remember that kind of, but I don't remember what I learned in it. So I mean, at this point, when I was first in college, was like 15 years ago. Oh God, I'm old. Um, You're not. So, so fortunately for our sake, um, for
1: fortunately for our sake, there's Google.
0: <laughs> yes. And Wikipedia. Yeah. And physicsforkids.com. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Shout, shout even, out. Shout out. And it's the number four. And I'm not even kidding. Um, that's
1: probably where I would need to start my <laughs> physics education. <laughs> that's
0: exactly what I did. So anyway, we thankfully, unlike the history of Chernobyl, we do not have to go back to the 12th century. We're talking about, like, the, the real meat and potatoes origins of nuclear power just goes back to the early 20th century.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. So, in
0: 1918, 100 years ago now, a British physicist named Ernest Rutherford became the first person to knowingly split the atom. What we know now as you know, being called sp- splitting the atom. Um which is nuclear fission. They're mm-hmm. the same thing, splitting the atom, nuclear mm-hmm. fission. Um, so, yes, I did go to physics4kids.com to find language I could just understand about what exactly nuclear fission is. And even what I ended up understanding and writing is still going to be pretty sad. So, um, bear
1: with us, folks. Yeah.
0: Also, remember, I homeschooled myself, but I stopped at 11th grade. <laughs> so, I'm basically a homeschooled dropout. <laughs> <laughs> And, anyway.
1: That should be the name of a band.
0: Homeschool dropout.
1: <laughs> a Christian band. <laughs>
0: yes. Anyway. To achieve nuclear fission, to split an atom, scientists shoot, and I'm how, I don't know. I, I honestly don't we'll know. Just, we'll just leave really it up to it a
1: theater of mind. Yes,
0: yes. They shoot neutrons, and more about that later, at Uranium-235 atoms. Sure. Okay. So, parts of atoms, neutrons,
1: pew, 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 pew
0: <laughs> to uranium-235 atoms, right? Um, and that's why you need uranium in nucle- nuclear reactions. So, that's, you know, if anyone's ever wondered, you know, why is uranium a thing in in nuclear fission it's, and in atomic energy? It's because that's what they Pew, 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 to split like an egg. <laughs> it Not all, like that
1: at all. It also led us to a war in 2003, but that's a different topic.
0: Oh, it's okay. When a neutron hits the nucleus of the U-235, and we'll get more into atoms in just, a just, bit, just I know. Just go on.
1: Just, it yeah.
0: becomes U-236. So of course it, it does. It, yeah. yeah. You knew that?
1: No. just oh, okay, just okay, go. okay. <laughs> You're Nobody, like, no. just,
0: keep, just keep fucking going. There are
1: no physicists listening to this, I'm pretty sure. And if they are. if they are. They're
0: shaking their heads yeah, right now. Yeah, they
1: are, and they're probably just, well, she's a homeschool dropout, hmm? and the other one doesn't even have any college education, so.
0: <laughs> you do them a semester.
1: Uh, well, here and there, but yeah. I have no degree, put it that way.
0: Okay. So at that point, the uranium atom splits apart, hence the splitting of the atom. And this splitting apart releases a bunch of energy, um, and and it shoots out three neutrons in the process of splitting. Then those three neutrons hit other uranium atoms that are nearby, because they're hanging out with their
1: friends. Yes, they are.
0: Um, and then when that happens, they become U-236 atoms. They eject more neutrons, which so that's a chain reaction. Yes. That's the nuclear chain reaction. Now, if no one intervenes, it's completely uncontrolled and causes a huge explosion. Mm-hmm. This release of energy, um, and this is what's if it's uncontrolled. Th- that's that's a nuclear meltdown like it, for for the purposes of nuclear power if it's an un, an uncontrolled chain reaction of of nuclear fission is is a nuclear meltdown because you want to control that shit to yes, create a do. power so um now the energy can be harnessed and controlled and that's where leo S- zillard and enrico fermi come in i have heard of enrico fermi but i have not heard of it's to be
1: there, these guys. No. All
0: right. So, the neutron was discovered in 1932. So, the part of the atom that is the neutron was discovered in 1932. So, Rutherford, who was doing all this shit in 1918, I guess he wasn't 100% sure what exactly he was doing because he, I guess he didn't know that it was neutrons he was shooting at uranium, but I don't get it. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. In 1933, Leo Zillard started to grasp the idea of the neutron's role in nuclear chain reactions, and he and Enrico Fermi were the guys who put the patent on the first nuclear reactor in 1934. So they were the guys who came up with the idea, we can harness this. Okay. And a nuclear reactor is the device that starts the nuclear chain reaction and controls it. Now, it would be nice if the first thing we did with this... New technology was um, use it as a form of productive energy for like utilities and stuff and power. But no, we're no. humans, and the first thing we thought was we could blow shit up. <laughs> so, but that's not fair entirely because this was the '30s, um, and war was on the horizon. Like we're talking early '30s. Mm-hmm. Just few, a couple years later, Europe was going to start having some issues. So, of course, World War II started. And by 1939, Zillard and Fermi were able to tweak their nuclear reactor and completely realize their vision of a total controlled nuclear chain reaction. So it's like, we know this happens, but now instead of it just being like an uncontrolled uh uh-oh, we know how to harness this energy. Um, So Zillard was a pal of one Mr. Albert Einstein. Not surprising. And he shared his findings with him. Einstein and Zillard saw the potential of for the nuclear chain reaction in wartime application, because that's what was going on. It was war, and wrote to President Franklin Roosevelt to share the idea with him. Um, now, this was right before the official start of World War II, and before, this is 39, and um, before US in, like, direct U.S. involvement, obviously, this is before Pearl Harbor. Um, but this was right before Hitler invaded Poland, Mm-hmm. later that same year um so a, in 1939
1: uh-huh. is when it goes from well maybe it's a conflict amped up to a 10
0: yes the dial went up within these go to 11
1: actually it did go to 11 yeah <laughs> come to think of it yeah yeah 1939 is a very pivotal year in uh, world history yes
0: Yes. So FTR was like, um, okay, let's let's do it. Let's research this shit. We may need this sometime. And so they did. They started, um, they started um investigating it. So there was the usual hemming and hawing and delays and bureaucracy and shit, but around three years later, in late 1942, the first artificial nuclear reactor was built. And it was called Chicago Pile 1. A Lovely name. <laughs> And was built by the University of Chicago, hence the name, by a team led by Enrico Fermi. Also in 1942... I, I
1: want to know what the runner-up to the name of that was. <laughs> Chicago
0: Pile One. <laughs> dump One. Yeah,
1: Chicago Dump One. No, that's not Pile. Pile yes, One is Pile, <laughs> that's it. That's it.
0: Also in 1942 was the official beginning of the Manhattan Project, and the U.S. military started developing multiple reactors the following year. Zillard and Fermi... Which was
1: completely unknown to the public at the oh, time. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah, that was a big wartime secret. Um, so Zillard and Fermi were all about the patenting and applied for... Um, Another patent for their reactors in December 1944, but it took about 10 years to go through because this was, in the meantime, like top secret and patents are public. So they couldn't get a public patent on it. Plus
1: it is a very, very new, I mean, it's a scientific breakthrough.
0: Yeah, but you can, so, the, the reactor is right. still a physical product, and right. the whole point is it's new and you can patent it. Yeah. And they did get the patent on it. It's just that by the time things were declassified and whatever, it took 10 years to get a patent on it. But anyway, um, so we know how this part of the story ends as far as like what happened with the Manhattan Project. It ended World War II, um, as well as the lives of an estimated—do you know how many people estimated died in our bombings of Japan?
1: Um, well first thing it it didn't it ended our conflict with Japan. But which we had which, already... which brought it which brought an overall end to World War II. It okay. it was kind of, World War II was kind of over well, except for the with Japan Europe, part. Yes. yes.
0: Yes, that had already um, ended.
1: So uh, I want to say in the Hiroshima, it was estimated two hundred thousand people.
0: Oh, okay. No total, including Hiroshima oh. and Nagasaki, it was one hundred five to one hundred twenty thousand. Oh, really?
1: People. I thought it was more than that. Apparently not. Oh, okay.
0: Um, no. It-
1: <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs>
0: Now it did injure an additional hundred thirty thousand people, plus whatever oh, fallout. Plus, it, there's yeah, all this, sorts of stuff. That it's happened. one of
1: those where the death the toll, toll is, yeah.
0: It, plus the emotional is hazy toll at best. All, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and obviously, this was, and it's still like when you look back on it, there's some controversy as to America's choice to do this.
1: I've watched things.
0: Like, some people can still I've, consider it, like, a war crime. Uh,
1: and I'm, I used to not. I'm kind of falling on that side now with things I've seen yeah, recently. Because um, yeah. I didn't realize um, Russia had already invaded Japan at this point and fought them back.
0: So it wasn't maybe necessary to go to that extreme?
1: I'm, I'm going on the route at this point of I really don't think it was necessary. And yeah. I think Japan's surrender was inevitable, mm-hmm. with or without the atomic bomb. I honestly think we just did it because, oh. We had it. N- well.
0: They had been working on it.
1: Number one, I think we did it because they did Pearl Harbor.
0: Oh, so it's like, uh, and fuck with us. And you
1: also have to go back and realize how highly racist oh America was towards the Japanese at this point. Well, we were
0: interring point. our own people. There's
1: that. And if you look at literature and media and stuff from that time, it's mm-hmm. just, it's I think we had Japanese people more than black people at this time in history, and, and that's that's saying, that's saying a lot. A lot. That's yeah. saying a lot.
0: Well, because black people were at le- black people were um, fighting in the war.
1: Not many, but yes, some. Yes. Um, so that was. So I like,
0: okay, we like you for now because you can yeah. fight for us.
1: I, I'm on yeah. the I'm but and anyway, it's to say I'm kind of on the side now that I don't think it was really that necessary, and we I, did it. We did it to prove a point.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, don't fuck too. with us. And that's really sad. And then
1: we did it again.
0: Yeah. Well. But but what this also did was it catapulted the world into a nuclear arms race oh, because it well, made it clear
1: it was already kind of on.
0: Who who was developing? I didn't Germany simultaneously.
1: That's kind of in why. The
0: 40s they were working on it.
1: That's that is the suspicion. Is that that's oh, what the okay. real race so it's was? A little more
0: speculative yes. than confirmed, but
1: but afterwards, yes, Russia's like yes. oh.
0: Right, exactly. I think we can do that too. And we still have problems with this today, with yes, Iran, with Korea, North Korea. So anyway, now we're done with the wars. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make a quick
1: pivot onto the meltdown. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> not this week. On to peacetime applications of nuclear power. Oh, all right.
1: Peacetime? What's that?
0: <laughs> We've never experienced that after World War II. The nuclear power industry, so developing a method to use nuclear power for peacetime utility application, was led by the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, and the Soviet Union. So, not only were we on an arms race, we were on a, everyone was like spearheading, okay, we can kill each other with this, but if we can do that, we can probably like power our What's its other application? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. What, What doesn't involve blowing ourselves up? So... Um, An experimental nuclear station in Idaho became the first plant to successfully generate electricity from nuclear power in 1951. Okay. Um, The peacetime use for nuclear power was further encouraged by President Eisenhower, Dwight Eisenhower, in 1953 when he gave a speech at the United Nations. Then in 1954, the U.S. sanctioned the rapid declassification of the nuclear reactor technology developed during the war.
1: Quick side note, um, the video game franchise Fallout Mm -hmm. revolves around this exact time.
0: The mid-50s? Yes. Okay.
1: That's where the storyline weaves off of known American history into Fallout lore. The
0: alternate universe. Yes. Gotcha. The game universe. Yes. Yes. Um,
1: it's real people,
0: <laughs> especially not Fallout seventy six and mm. all the videos you've been watching about the yes. teaser trailers and yes. people like people breaking
1: it, it, down a blurred oh a blurred screenshot from an interview from some dude from a documentary he did like two years ago.
0: It, oh god, <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway,
1: I'm, if there are any gamers out there, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Actually, I might. Oh yeah, actually, probably will. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Um. So anyway. The the purpose of the rapid declassification was to encourage the private sector to develop nu- nuclear power, um, and and it would help give them more resources to do so by giving the uh, the information that they had learned during the development of the a- atomic bomb to like say okay now what if we don't you know blow shit up um, so how this actually works how nuclear power generates electricity, or nuclear fission creates uh, electricity, is is basically like a... oh Sorry, adorable kitty break. little <laughs> Okay. And we're back. Um, it's basically like a giant steam engine. So you were right about the water part. The heat yeah, generated... That's the only
1: thing I know about it, really. Yeah. This so, what's involved.
0: So remember the pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Neutrons, How could I forget? yes. Oh, Demetrius remembers it too. Neutrons shoot at uranium. Pow, pow, pow. If there's pew, pew, pews and pow pow pow's.
1: <laughs> Those would be the two thirty fives and the two thirty sixes.
0: Yes, there we go. Um, and that energy heats up water, which drives turbines, which generates electricity. So you were right about the water. It. It. That's all. Oh, and that's you're being too cute stop it <laughs> all right so the first nuclear power plant uh, to actually generate electricity for an entire power grid so there was that one in in Oklahoma or Idaho mm-hmm. Idaho um, that just generated it period mm-hmm. it actually successfully generated uh, electricity, but this was the first full-blown power grid that was generated, uh, the, the power was generated by nuclear fission, um, was the Obninsk nuclear power plant in the USSR in really? June 1954. Okay. So it took a few years, and then they, they started powering an entire grid. Um, I would have
1: figured that we... As far as the grid part went, I, f- I would have figured that we got that done first, but nope. apparently not.
0: No, nope. the mood surrounding the use of nuclear power for electricity was really optimistic, and leaders in the field um, were talking about the idea of electricity eventually becoming so cost-effective because it was powered by nuclear energy that it wouldn't even need to be metered.
1: Wow! Like this, okay, this so it's would be, be dirt cheap. It's like you just idea. you just have it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, commercial nuclear power plants began opening in 1956, so it was really starting to become an industry by then. And the international community created Euratom, the European Atomic Energy Community, and the International Atomic Energy Agency. So this is becoming a full blown latter, business. The
1: latter I have heard of.
0: The IAEA? Yes. Okay. Um, now, uranium, the crucial element for nuclear fission, is one of the rarest minerals on Earth. Yes. The upside to it is that it is extremely energy efficient, and one pound of, this is incredible, one pound of uranium is capable of creating as much energy as three million pounds of coal. No shit. Yes. It is three million times more efficient than coal when it comes to, like, pound for pound.
1: Now... Marty, in 1985, <laughs> I'm sure there's uranium in every corner drugstore in the United States, but in 1955, it's a little hard to come by.
0: <laughs> very
1: good.
0: <laughs> yeah, so a lot of this reminded me of Back to the Future, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: That's what this whole thing is remind me of. Yeah. Or, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, nevertheless, uranium does still have to be mined, and the mining process is really very similar to coal mining, um, with all the same hazards all the same everything, um, only with the added fun that uranium is also radioactive.
1: Yeah, bonus. Uh,
0: in the United States, Wyoming and the Four Corners, the point where Utah, oh, Colorado, New uh, Mexico, Mexico, and Arizona yeah. meet, um, is where most uranium is mined. Plutonium, which was brought up in Back to the Future,
1: yes. Um,
0: can also be used. Oh, that's
1: for what he's talking plutonium. about in the in the every corner drugstore. He's talking about plutonium, right? Not uranium, and that's
0: it can right. be used for nuclear fission. But guess, guess where plutonium comes from? Uranium.
1: Oh well, <laughs> so, I was kind same of right, diff, <laughs> you
0: know. same, anyway. same diff. <laughs> nuclear power. Did I sound like an '80s mall girl or something? A little bit. Same diff.
1: Same diff. Whatever. Whatever.
0: Anyway, nuclear power continued to develop throughout the '60s and '70s. Despite from some people in the scientific community and eventually protests from the public, yeah, um, because were, like, yeah,
1: we're not so sure about this. Yes,
0: because as much as the promise of clean and cheap energy was tempting, there were major concerns about nuclear power, <sighs> yeah. especially its safety. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's the? Uh...
0: Yeah. So we're gonna get into that now. <laughs> if you can
1: have something energy that is essentially for free, mm-hmm. what's the negative side of it?
0: Right. Well, here we go. Even though it's considered a clean energy source,
1: it is um, my. Well, I'm just going to say my cousin Chad, who is in this field, um, stands by it as it is the cleanest fuel source on Earth. Clean
0: nest is one thing. Yes. Being completely clean, meaning it doesn't leave waste, is oh, incorrect. We,
1: yes, that is true.
0: It does leave waste. Nuclear waste and nuclear waste remains radioactive. So that's clean nest, sure. Understood, absolutely makes sense. Clean as in no waste? No. Yeah. No. Nothing is. No. We have not not. discovered a literal one hundred percent clean energy. Not even beautiful clean coal. (laughs) Beautiful clean coal. So So, the radioactive waste uh, gets categorized as either low-level or high-level radioactive material and is disposed of in different ways. Mm -hmm. Low-level material basically gets...
1: Or or it just sits there in barrels.
0: Well, so, low-level material basically gets buried at guarded storage facilities. High-level material is temporarily stored the same way, but then gets sealed in glass, then in drums... Then, in the U.S., sent out to Nevada to be buried underground, where it has to remain undisturbed for how long, would you guess? I think
1: that—because you, you're talking about, like, a half-life, right? Well, kind
0: um, of. It's a little more complicated than that.
1: I want to say it's, like, fucking—like, a million years or some n- shit no, like
0: that? 10,000 years. Oh, okay. Only 10,000 years. I was, <laughs> off. 10, I years was off
1: by a couple of zeros.
0: <laughs> so this anyway,
1: stuff, a long, long time. Yes, this stuff stays time.
0: dangerous for a very long time. Now, and, some, and
1: that's where the uh, events of Horizon Zero Dawn pick up. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, some countries have dumped nuclear waste in sea trenches yes, in the have. ocean, but most countries very much disapprove of that practice for very obvious
1: reasons. Well, I would hope so. so.
0: Anyway, now I've been we've been sort of like, oh, of course, of course, to the idea that. Nuclear power is a delicate thing because of its potential dangers. But we haven't gotten into why radioactivity is potentially dangerous. So that's what we're going to do next. And this is going to wrap us up okay. for this week. Okay. So, all right, now we're going to get into molecules here. <laughs> so, oh, fun. Yes.
1: More fun with the, what, oh was it, God. physics for kids? Physics
0: for kids.com. Yes. All right. An atom.
1: We would like some. Uh, if you're listening, we'd like some plutonium. <laughs> physics for kids. I don't I, think
0: physics for kids. <laughs> sure, they do carries plutonium. Yes,
1: Alex Jones said they did.
0: Oh God. Uh, an Adam. atom. A T O M. Atom. The very basics. Basics of all our cells that makes up everything, including us, mm-hmm. including all our shit around us,
1: literally shit, and
0: and including our shit. Yes, has a nucleus at its core with a certain number of protons and neutrons inside the nucleus. So, you know, that, that, that like, typical illustration you see, you know, with the, the blue sphere in the center and the little red lines showing the orbits of the little red dots, you know, kind of the atom I illustration. I actually
1: see that all the time in the Fallout games.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Okay, so that's kind of why they use that, that um model. So, so that's protons and neutrons are inside the nucleus. The little things floating around in little orbits around the nucleus are electrons. Um, and they, they kind of make like a shell or an energy field or whatever around the atom. Now, we're obviously we're talking teeny, 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 tiny way down molecular, molecular micro tiny things anyway.
1: And that's where <sighs> the Jedi come in.
0: <laughs> now, Every atom that comes together with other atoms to make up an element has the same number of protons and electrons as every other atom that makes up that element. So that's what they have in common. Okay. Like they come together to make iron. They come together to make uh, oxygen. They come together to make hydrogen, whatever. All of those atoms that make up that, that um, element... All have an identical number of protons and electrons in each individual atom. Um, but the number of neutrons can vary from atom to atom. Um, and when atoms within the same element have a different number of neutrons, they're called isotopes of the element. Okay, are we following? I'm trying to follow myself. Just, yeah. Okay, now, <laughs> these isotopes within an element all have the same chemical properties but some of the isotopes are radioactive which means that their nuclei that's nucleuses in plural nucleus in plural radiate or give off you know like a radiator gives off heat um, and this radiation doesn't go away regardless of whether you freeze the element or bake it or put it through a chemical reaction, the radiation is still there. The nuclei keep radiating, and radioactive nuclei are unstable, meaning they can break down and change into completely different atoms, and that's called radioactive decay.
1: Okay, I have heard that All term. All right, okay. Yeah.
0: So now there. Had three- the
1: other stuff. I
0: oh, I know. I it's, have it's no a idea slog. what you just said.
1: It's And what's, a slog. And what's even more fascinating? Is who the fuck discovered this? Like, how do you discover this?
0: Right. I know. I don't. I don't know. I really don't. Anyway, we're gonna keep going. There are three different types of atomic radiation: alpha radiation, beta radiation, and gamma radiation.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say Charlie.
0: <laughs> no, no. Hmm. Um, now. I've gotten so deep into the weeds of atomic energy in my own brain by now that I'm going to parse out these three types. I'm not going to parse out the, the, these three types other than to say this, because it's way more nuanced than this, but alpha radiation is the weakest type and can be stopped, can be absorbed by, by something as, as weak as a piece of paper. Okay. So, like, if, say, someone was, like, pew, 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 shooting <laughs> alpha radiation at you, it's not going to go through your skin. You just
1: hold up your notes.
0: Yes, and a, a Wonder Woman, like her bracelets, and it, it just, yes, exactly. Um, beta radiation is the second weakest. It can get through that sheet of paper, but let's say it was a sheet of like aluminum instead of paper, and, and that would stop the beta radiation. Uh, gamma radiation is the strongest of the three because it can get through most stuff.
1: When you get the gamma gun in Fallout 4, <laughs> okay. that is a pretty fun thing to get.
0: Okay. It's like the Street Sweeper in Godfather when I played that video game on PS3. Oh,
1: really? Oh, you're talking about a gun. That's called. It was it's called. a
0: sawn-off um, semi-automatic shotgun nice. type thing. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, so it basically takes a thick lead wall or tons and tons of concrete to stop gamma radiation. Otherwise, it just keeps going. Also, gamma radiation, unlike alpha and beta, beta radiation, is electrically neutral, which means you can't deflect it with magne- magnetic fields or with um, electrical fields. So Of course. It's, it's, of course. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> Everybody knows that. Yeah.
0: Humans are not able to detect radiation without equipment. Like, there's nothing. We, we can't see it. We can't feel it. We can't detect it. But with equipment, we can. There. Yes. Yeah.
1: With the um, God, what is it called? Geiger counter. Yes, that's mm-hmm. yes, that's what mm-hmm. I was thinking of. Which which is also a part of your outfit in Fallout Four. Oh, okay. You have a built-in Geiger counter on your pit boy.
0: All right. Okay. <laughs> um.
1: I, I want Fallout seventy-six for free. But a,
0: <laughs> for that plug. For all
1: of these plugs, I'm giving you.
0: All right. So we can't detect just on our own um, radiation, but what radiation can do to humans as well as other animals and living things it's bad. is terrifying. When radiation collides with molecules in living cells, say like your skin cells or your liver cells or your lung cells or whatever, it can very easily damage those cells, including their DNA. So it's like, oh, like a tiny molecular level. And that causes those cells to become cancerous. Mm-hmm. And, of course, shit tons of radiation can actually just kill cells altogether. That's the the sort of paradox of radiation therapy, mm-hmm. and like yes. Cancer
1: mm-hmm. is
0: that it, it kills, it, like, it's so strong it just kills everything. It doesn't right. mutate things. It kills them. And that's
1: why people are weak as fuck after going through radiation
0: it. Radiation therapy, exactly. Because yeah. it's killing the bad cells, but it's and killing the good, the good stone, cells, too. yeah. 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 Now, we are exposed to radiation pr- very often. Oh,
1: yes. Um, Just from the sun. Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. And, and, and like even uh, our food, TVs, there's very oh, small sure. amounts uh, of, yeah. um, of radiation in food, uh, TVs, cell phones, which emit radio frequency, which is a form of non-ionizing radiation. I say that like I know what that means. Uh, I think um,
1: Alex Jones begs <laughs> the
0: The biggest source... Um, I think it accounts for something like 96% of human exposure to radiation is medical tests. X-rays, CT scans, stuff like that. Tobacco also has um, some radiation in it. Anyway, so we're exposed to radiation a lot. According to the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the average American gets dosed with 620 millirems of radiation every year. So to give some context, like if you were to get a whole-body CT scan, like your entire body goes through that little scanner thing, you would get a 1,000 millirems of radiation. That's how much you would be exposed to. So an average American gets exposed with just, just in general to like 60% of that. Um So, oh, also, like, you get dental x-rays every year, right? I was just thinking that, too, yes, on your your teeth. Radiation, yeah. yeah. Mammograms, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Anyway, these doses of radiation are considered to be well within regulatory limits, which theoretically shouldn't harm you too much in the short run, um, and probably not in the long run, although, like um, you said, uh, Amadeo, Always said that if you live long enough, you'll die of cancer eventually. You'll get cancer. You'll get cancer eventually. Yeah. Okay. that That's probably why, because you are just exposed to radiation mm-hmm. over the course of your lifetime, so eventually something's going to get you. Yeah. You know, one of those molecules of radiation is going to interact badly with one of your own cells. So, anyway, small amounts of radiation are not so much a concern when it comes to nuclear power. The concern is what happens if a meltdown occurs. Mm-hmm. What if somehow those controlled nuclear chain reactions happening inside that nuclear reactor get out of control, and suddenly that nuclear material gets out into the environment? What happens to the living things surrounding it? Unfortunately, we do not have to speculate about this. We know what happens, and what happens is a very bad thing. A bad thing we'll get into Next week, <laughs> and that, my friends, was part one: danger of Chernobyl
1: of our Chernobyl four-part Megasode. Indeed. And
0: how'd you like my primer on uh, um, uh, atomic energy?
1: Uh, I, it was interesting, although I I, I don't I just don't <laughs> understand. I feel like, like I, I
0: have a little better handle on it. Now.
1: Uh, like some of the things you talked about. <clears throat> like I'd known bits and pieces about mm. but how the whole thing works I know, yeah I just
0: frustrating. I have no, no it's fucking idea I know
1: and I don't know how some dude in 1917 or whoever sp- split the I don't know how you come across that I don't know how you give it names because it's not like it, it, I like I, I don't I just don't understand. It.
0: I know. If we have any sciencey people out there, like it's your job to be sciencey. Like, like, or... what
1: was he looking for? Like, was he specifically looking for this and just came across uh, it? Or, uh, like, yeah, I have no idea.
0: I know. It's it's really like if the world were filled with people like me, we would all just be sitting around. We'd like, still be in caveman. We'd be dead, probably. <laughs> we would never no, would have could, evolved because
1: we'd be functioning physically. We'd still be hunter gatherers,
0: but we would have never figured out fire, because there's no way I would have figured out Little fire. Had fire. Yeah, no, I'm saying if there was a bunch of people like me, uh, we wouldn't we have figured it, out. figured it out. figured
1: that out on accident, you know, somehow. Lightning could have struck, mm. struck a bush.
0: <laughs> lightning struck, and then we were like, we have to keep this going, yeah, so we, we just, keep just it constantly going. fed this one fire yeah, and throughout human history. We <laughs> just lit the whole
1: earth on fire.
0: We wouldn't but, have uh, the internet if it was just me, I'll tell you No,
1: that. we wouldn't have very much if it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> so that so yeah the, the, again uh, science is fascinating to me i, I just I, I,
0: but there's I a reason i'm in getting it. into all of this because well yeah next week we'll cover the actual meltdown yes and it gets a little more mechanical sure into the reactor itself sure and then, of course, all the usual, like, um, timeline stuff that we cover in any disaster.
1: And if you've never seen a nuclear reactor, they're fucking huge. They're very large. I mean, you can see them from miles away. Well, like the Sharon Harris where where yeah. we
0: live, we can see the smoke. Yes. Or the steam, whatever yeah. it is. The
1: steam. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> From miles away. Yeah. And yeah, if, if yeah, you're you can in see a th- flat area, you can see it, yeah.
1: Yeah, the part of New York I grew up in is very flat, mm-hmm. actually, one of the... Only places in New York State that is. Um, And when you're coming up on Oswego, what was Chad's nickname? Oh, they call it the Brain Smasher. Oh. You can see that fucking thing. Uh Uh-huh. When you're coming up 81, you can see it from a ways away. Like, yeah. it's just, like, and you know what it is. Because, mm-hmm. you know, because it has lights, like, emergency lights and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. You know, probably from air, for airplanes and stuff. like oh, that, yeah. To know, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's the reactor.
0: Oh, God. The last thing <laughs>
1: yeah. you would
0: want to do is crash into a nuclear reactor. Yeah. Jesus.
1: But they... Um, but in all seriousness, um, they're fucking huge. Yes, yeah, they're, they're very large. What, what goes into making it and running it and and
0: what will become very key, key, key next week in our discussion controlling it.
1: sure yeah 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 i mean that's and a whole and how does it get out of your control yeah that's a whole science yeah. in itself
0: when obviously there are a lot of stop gaps in place to stop that from happening how does that not how does this get out of control
1: <laughs> apparently somebody missed a stop gap in uh, chernobyl in 1986 Yep. Yeah. Well, cuz for un- several people probably.
0: Cuz unlike um Fukushima, which uh a, a it was caused earthquake by a, yes. Yeah. was part of the like what- oh,
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, don't build those on a fault line either.
0: Well, it's <laughs> probably for the best, yeah. <laughs> um this was something that yes, it was it was human caused. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: that's good. really I mean, I don't know a whole Teaser lot about for, for next week. I don't know a whole lot about Chernobyl. I mostly know that it happened. You're and about that about was to know a lot. Devastated. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to get into. I almost mm-hmm. want to do it tonight. But
0: I know. I know. <laughs> um, I have the first. So I'm still researching all of this. It's so much to get into. Um, and I just want to make sure we we got this episode recorded so we'd be ready to go to start it. Um, but, yeah, that's I thought this was going to be a three part series like. Background, the disaster, and then everything after. But the disaster itself, when I wrote it out, was almost four pages long. Wow. And I was okay. like, okay, this, this includes none. Like, next week we're going to stop at, like, what was known to have happened at that point. Okay. And then we're going to pick up with, like, okay, now here's all the immediate, here's the emergency response, here's all this, here's what happened immediately. And then we're going to go into, like, just why everybody knows what the word Chernobyl means, you know, and what it mm-hmm. what it connotes and, and what it is like the tourism and shit that goes on now and stuff like that. So
1: And I have seen something that there are people that are living there again.
0: We will discuss that in a oh, couple weeks.
1: Okay. In nice. a few weeks. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting.
0: So thank you for hanging in there with us with our terrible <laughs> terribly ignorant discussion of nuclear fission. Um hopefully it was
1: And and if you happen to be a physicist listening to this podcast, feel free to correct us anytime if we get something wrong. We would love
0: to interview you, to have you explain it better than we can. So, So, yes, that was Chernobyl, part one, danger.
1: Yes, and this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.